0: Oh, wow. You're actually wearing your hair down tonight. Yeah, because I finally decided that I love my hair. I figured out the solution for my morning frizz, midday poof, and even next day bedhead. It's Frizz E! Secret Weapon Touch-Up Cream by John Frieda. Well, you and your hair look flawless. Flawless and touchable. Feel. See? It's soft. Smooth ends. No flyaways. Shiny. Well, I clearly need to get some because your hair looks amazing. Frizz E! Secret Weapon, only from John Frieda.
1: Welcome to the RotoWire DFS podcast for Friday, April 15th. I'm your host, James Seltzer. You can follow me on Twitter at James Seltzer 975 and of course my co-host as always Benny Ricciardi. You can follow him on Twitter at BennyR11. Benny, what's going on, buddy?
2: Not too much. Got uh, you know, a lot of games going on today. NBA regular season finished up yesterday. So I think the playoffs start Saturday. So got a couple days to take a look at those matchups. Busy, busy time in DFS.
1: Yeah, man. It's a, it's a busy but exciting time, and that also means the opportunity to make some money, right, Ben?
2: Hey, that's always what it's about.
1: That's what it's about, man. So let's help some people do that. Uh, let's run down this slate. We got a full slate of Friday action on the 15th here. Uh, only one day game to worry about, a 2-20 start in Chicago at Wrigley as the Colorado Rockies head in to take on the Cubs. Chad Bettis, the right-hander versus right-hander Kyle Hendricks. Seven o'clock games uh, are the next starts. The New York Mets heading to Cleveland for our interleague game of the day. Bartolo Colon, big, fat Bartolo Colon, as we affectionately like to call him, uh, versus Cody Anderson there, both right-handers as well. Another matchup of righties at 7.05 in New York, as Seattle heads in to take on the Yankees, Nathan Carnes versus Luis Severino. Uh, Again, another matchup of righties. Got a a lot of righty-on-righty action today, as the Washington Nationals at 7.05 head into Philadelphia to take on the Phillies. Uh, the white-hot Philadelphia Phillies. I don't think anyone saw that coming as uh, Joe Ross takes on Jeremy Hellickson. Uh, 7.05 start as well in Pittsburgh as uh, uh, we get a left-hander as as Milwaukee's righty Jimmy Nelson takes on lefty Jeff Locke of the Pirates. Uh, And then we move on to the 7.10 starts as the Toronto Blue Jays head into Boston. uh, R.A. Dickey right-hander versus Rick Porcello. Uh, Atlanta Braves at seven ten, 10 head into Miami to take on the Marlins. Uh, Williams Perez righty versus the lefty, Wei Yin Chen. Uh, another lefty righty matchup in Tampa Bay at 7 10 as the White Sox head there. Chris Sale, of course, the uh, dominant left hander, taking on Jaco DeRizia righty. Uh, then we head out to Texas for the 8 o'clock starts, 8.05. Baltimore heading in there Vance Worley the Vanimal taking on lefty Martin Perez uh, then at 810 we have the LA Angels heading into Minnesota Garrett Richards of righty versus lefty Tommy Malone uh, and then another 810 start in Houston as Detroit heads in Mike Pelfrey taking on Dallas Keuchel reigning Cy Young winner in the AL and then 815 uh, start in St. Louis as the Reds head in with rookie Tim Melville not to be confused with Herman Melville, uh, taking on Carlos Martinez. Uh, and then the three late games, 10 05 start in Oakland as the World Series champs Royals head in. Edison Volquez heading against lefty Rich Hill. Uh, and then the, the marquee matchup of the night at 10 10 in Los Angeles as Madison Bumgarner and, and Clayton Kershaw face off. Two lefties. Obviously, there's a. Uh, uh, a nice, healthy rivalry there as well. And then we round out the slate with a 10:40 start in San Diego as Zach Greinke and the Padres take on righty James Shields. Excuse me, Zach Greinke and the D-backs take on the Padres and James Shields. All right, Benny, so let's jump right into it. we got a lot to cover and only a little bit of time to cover it. So let's start with that day game. Rockies, Cubs, Chad Bettis versus Kyle Hendricks. Which way are you leaning?
2: Yeah, I think I'm looking more at uh, some of the Cubs' bats here. Hendricks is a decent pitcher, although a couple guys on that Rockies team stand out. I mean, you know, he's a right-hander, so Arenado's hitting real well, righty-on-righty situations. Uh, Cargo's a guy that hits well in those situations, um, being a left-handed bat. Also, uh, Charlie Blackman as well. But on the other side for the Cubs, I mean, when they go up against right-handed hitting, right-handed pitching, you got... Ben Zobrist, you got uh, Jason Hayward, you got Anthony Rizzo, who's probably my favorite guy. Even Chris Bryant is good in righty-on-righty situations, so they've been hitting right-handed pitching pretty hard this year. I think we see a lot of runs in this game, so I think you can target some of the bats.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I, lo- I think the righties, uh, especially uh, Bryant, the righty-on-righty, better against righties, and, and Bettis himself actually has some reverse splits. A uh, 376 career woba allowed to right handed hitters. So, you know, I think Fowler is a better hitter from the right hand inside. Not, I think he is a better hit- hitter from the right hand side. Brian, a nice play there as well. Totally agree. I think you stack some Cubs there. All right, let's get to the night slate. Seven o'clock start in Cleveland. Inter league action. Big fat Bartolo Colon taking on Cody Anderson. Uh, what do you think of this matchup?
2: You know, I'm actually looking at the pitching more than I'm looking at the hitting here. Both of these teams have struggled offensively to start the season. And, I mean, we make fun of our big fat Bartolo Colon all the time, but he was really good in his last start, and he's been really solid. His problem has always been, you know, longevity. He kind of wears down towards the middle of the end of the year, but even last year he came out the gates on fire. So with both of these offenses struggling, I'd look more towards the pitching on both sides. If I take anybody, it'll probably be a couple of the Mets, but this isn't really a game I want a lot of bats from.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think I'm riding any bats, but I also I could see Cologne as a really cheap, you know, play and just stack your offense all over. But Cody Anderson is tough to roll out there just because the the K potential is so so low. I mean, he does. I mean, I think you might have a better potential to to go up there and strike some guys out than Cody Anderson, Benny.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely <laughs> don't like Anderson as a guy that I would take, but he's decent enough and he's a tough enough pitcher. With the way this Mets offense is struggling, like I said, I still don't think I want any bats on the Mets side. So I agree with you. Bartolo is probably the only guy that will be on any of my rosters from this game.
1: All right, let's move on. Sticking with the New York theme, this game actually in New York is the Seattle Mariners head in and take on the Yankees. Nathan Carnes versus Luis Severino. A matchup of uh, righties with upside, but um, uh, neither had a great start to start the season. Uh, who do you like in this one, Benny? I'm a big Yankees
2: fan, so I really like the Severino kid. I watched him pitch last year. I know he didn't have a great start his first time out, but I'm not really looking to target many Seattle guys. It is in Yankee Stadium though, and he's a righty, so you know every lefty on both teams is in play. You know Robinson Cano has hit his fair share of home runs in Yankee Stadium. You got guys like Teixeira on the other side who I think are in a good spot. Um, you know, those are probably the two that stand out the most to me as the guys that I'll have the most exposure to.
1: Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. Actually, those are the guys that wrote down, I think you can go with pretty much any Yankee left-handed hitter on an upside play. Carnes has been worse against lefties in his career, but but really not a significant split there. But Severino has actually been worse against righties, which is interesting, but a very small sample size there. Uh, I like that you mentioned Cano there too. He's obviously already been hot to start the season and you have to figure after the struggles last year and the big contract and all that that anytime he gets back in the Yankee Stadium he wants to kind of, you know, show them what they're missing. So, but at right. the same I was
2: going to say at the same point in time it's it's not like they didn't offer him 200 million dollars. He just no, got 240 yeah. from somewhere else. So, yeah, can't no. be too mad.
1: <laughs> no, no, totally fair. Not saying they spurned Cano or anything. The the boy got paid, no doubt. No doubt, but uh, still, you know, I think you always, you know, you always want to go back and and pump it up. That, that's not statistical analysis there, more of a gut feel. Uh, all right, let's head into Philadelphia, my. Hometown. We just went from your Yankees, who at least have hope. Our Phillies' hope is is a while away, but you know they've been playing better baseball recently, winning a few games. And uh, they have the the Nationals division leading Nats heading into town. Joe Ross versus Jeremy Hellickson. Ross looked really good in his first outing, and Jeremy Hellickson has been a, a real surprise so far. Eleven two thirds innings, two earned runs, and eleven Ks, and and a sporting a, a healthy a little point six WHIP there. Uh, Do you think it continues, and and who do you like in this one, Benny? I don't. I was about to ask you that same question when you started talking about
2: Helixson. I mean, he's not a – I'm not going to say he's a gas can. He's not a guy that's horrible, but he's never been this good in his career. So he's off to a hot start, and and that's fine, but I do think that – You know, I do think that the Washington bats get to him today. So whenever you're looking at a righty, you always got to look at the left-handed bats. Daniel Murphy's been hot to start the season. Bryce Harper's a, you know, perennial MVP candidate. So those are the guys that stand out the most to me. And then on the Philly side, I got to be honest, I do like Joe Ross. I think he's one of the guys that I might be rolling out there. So I'm not really looking to take any of the, uh, you know, Phillies bats against him. The only Phillies bat I really consider on an any day basis is uh Mikhail Franco and then maybe a little bit of Cesar Hernandez if it's a good matchup and I think he can get a stolen base but other than that I know I know it's tough to hear as a Phillies fan but probably not going to be many Phillies on my lineups all season
1: yeah, Benny, I, I think as a Phillies fan I can completely agree with you. They are atrocious. But that's the point, right? You know, they they're building and and as a Phillies fan all I'll say is I have no complaints. I like what Annie McPh- McPhail and and Matt Clentacker are doing, you know, building through the, you know, prospects and, and making the moves they made, but the product on the field this season will not be great and and I think this is a particularly bad matchup for them. I totally agree i love love Joe Ross today, uh, especially at what should be a, a pretty reasonable price i would guess uh you know gets killed by lefties historically in a you know small sample size, but in his you know seventy plus eighty plus career innings he's given up a three fifty five woe but of lefties, but only a two oh six woe but a righties. And as we know, I mean that Phillies lineup very heavily right-handed, and and the lefty bats who are there outside of Odubel Odebe- Herrera are not exciting at all. So maybe you take a flyer on Herrera, but I'm with you, man. I'm 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 going Ross, and that's pretty much it. Uh, on the other side, I like all the Nats. I, I'm with you. I think this Helix and Mirage will will end at some point, and whether it's Harper, or Murphy, or or a cheaper guy like Taylor, I think I think they end up getting to him at some point. Uh, All right, let's head into Pittsburgh across the state. Uh, The Brewers heading into town. Jimmy Nelson, who's looked at solid so far this season, Uh, uh, walking a few too many guys, but solid, Uh, taking on Jeff Locke, the lefty in Pittsburgh. What are you thinking here, Bub?
2: Yeah, actually, you hit it right on the head with Nelson. I think people are going to look at some of his numbers and really like him, but he is a guy that is prone to the blow-up because he does have a little bit of a control issue so he'll put a guy or two on and then give up a home run and next thing you know you're down you know three or four nothing so not really looking at either one of the pitchers here I think you can target some bats on Milwaukee I kinda like uh, Ryan Braun also like um, Chris Carter who's been hitting pretty well Uh left handed pitching so you know the two of those guys right-handed bats are gonna do alright in that situation on Pittsburgh, you know, whenever they face a righty, I really like Gregory Polanco. I don't know why they hit him sixth or seventh in the order. He should be up there towards the top, in my opinion. He's probably the guy that stands out the most to me. I'm not a big fan of so, even though he's leading off and is a left-handed bat. I know everybody's been rolling him out there and they, you know, they love the fact that he's cheap, but I just don't see a lot of upside with that guy. So for me, I think Polanco's the one guy, and I'd really like to see him higher in the order.
1: Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. I like Polanco there. I think you play you know, you see Nelson, he's got a career 359 wobo allowed to lefties. So th- there's definitely some some room to take advantage of that. And, and Polanco seems like the guy to do that with. Uh, on the flip side, I, I think, you know, I- I- you mentioned Braun and-, and Chris Carter. I like both those guys. And Domingo Santana just hit his first homer a couple nights ago, is- has looked good and is leading off. So, um, you know, the the right. And, righty- and he's
2: pretty cheap almost everywhere, too, which is yeah, nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's been consistently right around 26, 27. Hundred each night, which is really affordable and really lets you, you know, fill your lineup in, uh, you know, a little more evenly there. So I I like him there as well as kind of a cheaper option. All right, let's move on to Boston. Benny, as the Blue Jays heading to town to take on the Red Sox, R.A. Dickey versus Rick Porcello, uh, a matchup where both of these guys actually had a a rough outing against the other team already this season. Dickey got torched by the Red Sox a week ago, and Porcello, a mediocre outing. Uh, Do you see an offensive explosion here again, Benny?
2: Yeah, I mean, usually the second time a team sees the same pitcher, especially when it's in close proximity to each other, I usually like to go with the bats, even if the pitcher had a good game the first time. When the pitcher had a bad game the first time, it just makes me want to go with the bats even more. So I honestly think you can stack up bats on either side of this game, depending on who you think is going to win. I think just about everybody in this game is in play from the hitter standpoint. And the pitchers, I, could, I wouldn't touch either of these guys in the 10-foot pole.
1: Benny, my notes actually say, start all your Red Sox, start Blue Jays too. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I think this is a game for the hitters. Uh, Dickey, just, I mean, that guy just keeps looking worse and worse and worse, so... And the Red Sox showed that they can hit that knuckleball, especially if it's an off day for it. So I'm with you. David Ortiz has looked really good so far to start the season. Mookie Betts, you could put in the lineup any time out there. Uh, Pablo Sandoval just put on the DL. So Travis Shaw, guaranteed of playing time, a nice little cheaper option at third base there. So totally agree. The Blue Jays' bats really haven't gotten going the way you've expected, but you figure it could at any time, and against a guy like Rick, Rick Porcello, that's always in play. All right, let's uh, let's head to Miami now, as the as the Braves head in to take on the Marlins in a uh, a battle of of NLEs teams, one of which has looked just god awful. The Braves have been the worst team in baseball, along with the Twins so far. Uh, do you see them turning it around against the Marlins here Friday night in uh, in Florida with uh, Williams Perez taking on Wei-Yin Chen? Who do you like?
2: Um, I don't like either one of the pitchers, so I think you can look more towards some of the bats in this game. I, I like Chen a little more than I like Perez, so I'm not really on anybody on Atlanta. Uh, lefty on lefty, the only bat in the whole Atlanta lineup that I like at all is uh, Freddie Freeman, and in a lefty on lefty situation, is not really where I want to roll him out. And also, I mean Chen's numbers—he played Detroit, if I'm not mistaken, in the first game, and they had a whole, whole lineup full of good right-handed bats that hit left-handed pitching, so it wasn't a it wasn't an e- easy matchup for him. This one is going to be much softer, so I think you could even take a GPP flyer on him if he's if he's cheap enough. But, on the other side, I do like some of those Miami bats against Perez. I just don't think Perez is all that good of a pitcher. he's uh you know not not major league caliber to me, so I'm looking at all the big bats on uh on the Miami side so guys like um Ozuna, obviously Stanton, you know that's pretty much it as far as the big bats go. I mean, maybe you can throw a Justin Bohr in there or you know, maybe a Prado if you're looking for for a cash game. I don't like Prado for tournaments because he just he doesn't have the home run upside or the big time upside. But I do think you can look at some of those guys in the meat of the order from Miami.
1: Yeah, Williams Perez stinks. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Yeah, he's terrible. Uh, I I like all your Marlins, but I especially like Christian Yelich at 357 wOBA versus right handed hitters. Uh, starting to heat up. Just hit his first homer. I could see him coming out and, and hitting well against Perez and, and all the other guys you mentioned. D. Gordon in there with some stolen base potential. Uh, I would, again, agree stay away from the Braves because they stink and they don't have a lot of good options, especially right-handed hitters, who, as you mentioned, are the ones who really get on Wei Yin Chen. But I think I could definitely see a Marlins stack there against Perez. Uh, all right, let's round out the 7 o'clock starts with a 710 start in Tampa Bay as the White Sox and and Chris Sale head in uh, to take on the Rays. And Jake Odorizzi, I'm assuming you like Sale here. Are you getting any hitter action uh, across the board here?
2: You know, I actually like both of these pitchers a little bit. You know, Sale is obviously one of the best pitchers in the league. The only guy who you can take a flyer on for a GPP on on Tampa Bay would be Logan Forsyth, who actually hits left-handed pitching extremely well, although most left-handed pitching that he's hitting well Isn't Chris Sale. So, you know, just take that with a grain of salt when you see those numbers. On the other side, going up against Odorizzi, I mean, this Chicago offense isn't all that great either. So there's not a lot of bats. Even though Odorizzi hasn't been great, he's been okay. And to be honest with you, I mean, the guys who stand out on the numbers would be like Jose Abreu, righty on righty situation, and, you know, maybe Adam Eaton at the top of the order. But I think I'm perfectly okay having almost no exposure to the bats in this game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think depending on the price of Braille, is probably the only one I would, would uh, take a shot at. Like you just said, especially because Odorizzi does have reverse splits as well. Uh, has actually been worse against right-handed hitters at 322 career, Wobo Loud. So uh, I think that's a fair call there. Uh, before we get into the 8 o'clock and later games, let me remind you, Benny, MLB season is here, and that means that daily fantasy baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1, and anyone can play. Even I can play. I, it took me, you know, I, I didn't even know what I was doing at first when I came into this, and and now I'm not only playing it, but I'm talking about it, and you can win a lot of money doing it. It's it's and it's fun because it gives you a chance to have a different lineup each night, to root for different guys, to not be locked in if people are injured. It's really just it's it's the best way to play. So join over the one million other users who have already won money. It's never too late to join. Come play with me every single day over at Fanduel.com. Go over to Fanduel.com. And click click on the microphone in the upper right hand corner and use my code RWPod to sign up now. That's my code RWPod, and there's a special offer for new users: get a free six month Rotowire subscription with a twenty five dollar deposit if you sign up with my code RWPod. Again, the promo code RWPod, you'll get that deal. It's a sixty dollar value. For $25, I mean, that's, that's just an outrageously good deal for something you're going to want to buy anyway. So don't forget to use my code RWPOD, Fanduel.com, where every day is a new season. That's Fanduel, dot com. Sign up today. All right, Benny, let's jump into the 8 o'clock and later slate. We've got the Baltimore Orioles, the hottest team in baseball, uh, have really just been crushing the ball, uh, heading into Texas to take on the Texas Rangers. We've got Vance Worley, the Vanimal, back in action, pitching the righty against the Rangers. Martin Perez, a lefty who... uh, this is amazing, has three strikeouts in, in 12 innings so far this season, which is really hard to do. Benny, what do you think about this one? <laughs> Sorry, I was just laughing about that Martin Perez line. Um, Yeah, actually, I want to take some
2: of these Baltimore bats against Perez. Like you said, they've been on fire. So the guys who make the most sense to me against a lefty, uh, you know, you can look at Rickard at the top of the lineup. You can look at um, Machado hitting in the two hole who, You know, actually, I think it's even better in righty-on-righty matchups, but still, I have no problem rolling uh, Machado out there against a lefty. Uh, Mark Trumbo, who's been hitting the ball really well in the cleanup spot for them. He's somebody else you can look at. And then even some of the guys towards the bottom of the order, the middle infield kind of guys, like uh, J.J. Hardy, who had a a two-home run game the other day. You know, Jonathan Shute, another guy that's got home run power. Um, I think all those guys are in play. And then on the other side, against Worley, you know, you want to look at some of the left-handed bats. So I guess Prince Fielder's somebody. Um, the rookie we can't forget about the rookie uh, Nomar Mazara. He's somebody hitting in the two hole right now. Has a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. You know, is it, still kind of cheap on some sites, so he's worth a look. And then uh, Mitch Moreland as well, another um, left-hander that's got uh, some power. He's been hitting in the five hole, especially with Cintu Chu out right now. He's been seeing you know, solid, consistent playing time every day. So I think those are the guys that I'd probably look to target on uh, on Texas.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think this is a definitely a game for hitters. I, th- I think you're not getting any, you know, exposure to Vance or Perez, not even as, uh, you know, uh, a tournament play or something. I-, I just think that Perez, there's no strikeout upside, as we mentioned, and, and Vance is just... He's just not that good. There's a reason that he's been jumping around the league and and you know never really getting a shot to stick somewhere. So I'm with you. All the names you mentioned, especially Machado and and Hardy and and Scope and all those right-handed hitters for for Texas. Uh, excuse me for Baltimore. Uh, uh, Perez clearly worse against righties in his career. Three thirty-six wobo over that time. All right, let's uh, another eight ten start here as we the to Minnesota. As, uh, The Angels and Garrett Richards, who's looked pretty good, taking on the uh, eminently hittable Tommy Malone, the lefty, uh, for the Twins. What are you thinking about this one? The Twins, another one of those teams that just can't seem to do anything right right now, Benny.
2: Yeah, I think this is two anemic offenses,
1: honestly. I mean,
2: the Angels outside of Mike Trout, there's not another guy on that entire lineup that really scares me. And then looking at Minnesota, they have been one of the worst offenses to start the season in the league, so... They've been a team that I've been targeting pitchers against since the beginning of the year. I do like Garrett Richards a lot more than I like Tommy Malone. So if I'm going to take anything in this game, it's probably going to be Richards against that Minnesota Twins team that has been striking out a lot and not hitting the ball at all.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. I think Richards is a really nice play depending on the price. And, you know, like you mentioned... I agree. It's a, it's a train wreck that both offenses are train wrecks. But I think Mike Trout against the the soft tossing lefty in Malone could be a a nice play, even if you're going to pay up for him. You know, I think you know he hasn't been great to start the season. The team hasn't been that great, so maybe there's a a slight discount compared to what'll be down the road. Now let uh, me I, let me
2: ask you let me ask you a quick question here sure. because this is a, this is a problem that I've kind of been having with Trout, and I have the same problem and had it all last year when Freddie Freeman was. Um, you know, healthy. Do you think that the offense around him is so bad that he's not going to see pitches this year? Because to me, early on, it almost feels like they're pitching around him without like intentionally walking him. You know what I mean? Like he's just not getting anything to hit because I think the prevailing thought here is the same as it is with the Atlanta Braves: is well, you know what? Let's just put him on because he doesn't hurt us that much on first base. Whereas if we actually pitch to him, he could wind up hurting us.
1: Yeah, I think, and I think you see that a lot, but. I think it's only so much of an excuse. I do think it, you're right, and it will limit his ability somewhat. I think you'll see more walks. But Barry Bonds used to get one pitch a hit to game, you know, one pitch to hit a game. And would still put up 50 home or 60, or whatever it was, 40 homer You know, he was, and granted, break records in walks and was one of a kind. But I think that they'll still pitch to Trout, especially if, if there aren't runners on base and they have a lead and stuff. But it certainly doesn't help. And it's certainly not going to help his ability to put up RBIs, to score runs. You know, it's really going to hurt those counting stats, in my mind, more than anything. Yeah, and
2: you know, my biggest my biggest concern, and it's it's the same thing I have with like Freeman and Votto, is for a guy that you got to pay, you know, four, five K, four, high fours, low fives for, you know, three walks and a single doesn't get it done. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah, no question. No, no, I feel ya. It's It's a risky play and you don't want to, you know. But I mean, think about how much Bryce Harper walked last year and he was still valuable a lot of times you rolled him out. And yet he was on an offense with, you know, basically the same type of protection that Trout has here. When you look at all the injuries they had last year, with Rendon going down and Zimmerman wasn't healthy all year. I mean, it was it was really Harper and nobody.
2: Yeah, no, that's true.
1: So, but but it's a good point, and I do think it will hurt the counting stats and makes him a little bit of a riskier play, especially at those high prices. Uh, all right, Benny, getting back into it, let's head to another eight ten start in Houston. As the Detroit Tigers, speaking of eminently hittable, uh, Mike Pelfrey heading in to take on Dallas Keuchel. I'm assuming you're going to start some Astros in this one, Benny?
2: Yes, but one of them is not going to be Keuchel. I mean, he is a very good pitcher, reigning Cy Young but this Detroit offense is pretty good and you know what that's fine you don't have to start a guy, you know just because he's a good pitcher if the matchup's not there you know it's perfectly fine to go for softer spots so I won't have keichel but I will have as many of those bats as I can fit in there I mean Altuve starting to hit right now you know Springer's got a lot of upside stolen base and home run upside hitting in the two hole Correa we talk about all the time he's one of my favorite players you know Um, Let's see, we got Rasmus, he's he's involved. I mean, I think you can put all these guys in the lineup. Tyler White, you know, they're, everybody's hitting for them. So I think you can just basically go one through five down this order. Anybody who you like, you can put in there. Pelfrey had, what, like seven or eight earned What did he give up in the first game? I know he got shelled.
1: Yeah, he got shelled. I think it was seven. I'm not sure what the actual earned runs were. I can look that up while we're talking. But, yeah, and also Pelfrey, one of those guys who's been significantly worse against lefties with the the career – 348 Woba, but also a career 331 Woba versus righties. So the real issue is the guy can't get anyone out. Six earned runs in three and two thirds against Yeah, Everybody's in, that in first play. Start. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you play Preston, Tucker, whoever's in the lineup. You look at that lineup, you see who's in there. If they're in, you put them in. I'm with you 100%. He's the kind of
2: guy that you want to stack against because he's bad against lefties and righties. So you can yep. just take. Pick pick a part of the order, three or four guys that you want to put together, and you know they're they're all in play. They're all in a good spot.
1: Yeah, I think the Astros probably the best stack of the day. I would think based on how hot they're how hot they've been and the matchup, or at least right there. Uh, all right, let's round out the eight o'clock starts with an eight fifteen start in St. Louis. Another potential stack option maybe is as the Reds head in with rookie right-hander Tim Melville facing Carmart Carlos Martinez. Uh, you are going to stack some Cardinals here too, Benny?
2: Yeah, I actually like that. You know, Melville wasn't even supposed to be a starter for them, but Anthony uh, Discafani is on the DL. So they kind of called him up from, you know, AAA where they were expecting to send them. I think he only went like four or five innings in the first game too. So this is going to wind up being a bullpen game. And that Cincinnati bullpen is significantly weaker this year than it was last year. So on St. Louis, you know, um, Carpenter's a guy that's in play. You know Hazel Backer is uh, is somebody else who's been playing really well. You know, and then you look down and you see whichever one of the first basemen is batting cleanup, whether it's Adams or uh... Brandon Moss. You know, hopefully it's Moss. I like him a little bit better. He's in play. You know, Holiday hitting third. You know, even though he's a righty, he's been hitting pretty well, even in righty on righty matchups. So I think you can look at all those guys. And then even Randall Gearchuck, who's a little bit cheaper. You know, this is a guy that had tremendous power last year. We haven't really seen it yet this season. But he definitely does have it, and it's only a matter of time before he gets hot and starts knocking some homers out. So I definitely think the St. Louis guys make some sense. Carpenter's probably my favorite. I think he's just such a solid cash game play because he gets four or five at-bats a game, gets on base. He can steal a base every now and then. He scores a ton of runs for you. And last year, for the first time, he even showed a little bit of home run pop. So that's always nice to see as well.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I like a lot of Cardinals. Piscotty, mentioned yesterday as well, hits righties well, has started the season well, and Gritchick, uh, better against lefties, but in, it, like you said, Melville went four innings in his first start, second career start here. Um, a 26 year old who, uh, career minor league, 668 and two thirds innings. He's got a career 475 ERA and 147 whip, a, a 4.2 walk per nine, so this is a guy who I think they can get to, and then with Grichick better against lefties, you don't know what the bullpen's going to do, who they're going to have to go to, so you can't base it strictly on righty lefties. Just assume there's going to be a lot of options for offense. I think we actually kind of hit two of the best stack options of the day here back-to-back with the Astros and the Cardinals. All right, Benny, let's uh, round it out. We got three ten o'clock or later starts, 10.05 in Oakland, the Kansas City Royals, and Edinson Volquez, who's who's looked great so far this year, Taking on the uh, the aged and never aging, I don't know, Rich Hill, who who's back after a five year hiatus. Uh, what do you think about this one, Benny?
2: Yeah, I mean Hill has looked good. His numbers have been really good, and the strikeout numbers have been why you know he's been solid. The problem that you have here is that Kansas City doesn't really strike out, so I don't think you can look Hill's way. I do like Volquez though as a pitcher because. You know, Oakland's offense hasn't really been all that great. And like you said, Edinson Volquez has looked good in the early going. So depending on price, if he's still like mid-tier price like he was last time, I definitely think he's somebody I want to look at. If they bump him up into like the 9, close to 10K range, like a lot of the other, you know, top-end starters on any given day are, then I'm probably staying away. As far as bats go, you know, I don't usually like taking a lot of bats in Oakland not really a great hitter's park and I think both of these guys have looked solid enough in the early going that I'd probably just go with Volquez if anybody and you know that's about all I need from this game
1: yeah I actually like Volquez I mean but you wonder I like Volquez but I mean you can't expect the strikeouts to keep by I mean his K his percentage has jumped to 31.9% granted only over 11 innings so far this season His career high prior to that was 24.4, you know, in the majors and really it was been at 18.3, 17.3, 18.2 the last few years. So that would be a a serious, serious jump. And also 6.4 walk percentage is a significant step down as well. So if this is a real change, I think Volquez could end up being a really nice value for a lot of those season long people who, you know, took a flyer on him early in the season. But uh, you know, we'll have to actually see it happen. It's, it's far more likely that the old Volcas will return. <laughs> but for right now, you know, it's a nice matchup. I, I think the A's are not necessarily imposing offensively, and they strike out a lot. So I think Volcas is the only way I'm going in this one as well. Uh, Alright, two games left. The, the marquee matchup of the night, I think very clearly, the Giants heading into L.A. is uh, Madison Bumgarner and Clayton Kershaw will renew their rivalry, which is one of the funnest things in baseball, this little Bumgarner Kershaw feud, and and a quick stat before I go to your Benny that that Bumgarner with his second home run he just hit against Kershaw last week became one of only 17 players to have two or more career home runs against Kershaw. Madison Bumgarner, who saw that coming, Benny. What do you think about this matchup?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously you got two of the better pitchers in the league going up against each other. So it's at Dodger Stadium, not a great hitters' ballpark. I mean. I guess if you're gonna do anything, you gotta go with one of the two pitchers. Kershaw would get the, you know, the the nod for me if they're the actual same price. Um, but again, depending on what the price is, I could go. You know, I could be persuaded to go either way. I mean, Bump Gardner was the first pitcher I took in season long this year. I'm a big fan of him. His numbers are really good. They're not Kershaw good, but they're still pretty good. But if Kershaw is gonna be a, you know, 13, 14k starting pitcher, and you can get Bump Gardner for you know, 10-6 to 11-2 over on DraftKings or something. I think it makes a lot of sense to go the other way in this game. So I could see either one of these teams winning. I like San Francisco's lineup against Kershaw a little more than I like the Dodgers' lineup against uh, the lefty and Bumgarner. So there's a lot of lefties in that Dodgers lineup there that I think he'll be, uh, you know, able to neutralize. So honestly, if anything, I think you go with one of the two pitchers. But depending on price, I might just pass on this game altogether.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. Unless I can get Madison Bumgarner as a pitcher and a hitter, I'm probably gonna gonna pass on this one. Uh, all right, Benny, let's move on. Uh, last game of the night of, of the full slate here as two struggling pitchers, one really you know high profile struggling is the Diamondbacks take on the Padres in San Diego, and the, the uh, everyone's worried about Zach Granke taking on James Shields here. Uh, are you worried too, Benny? I'm not worried. I'm, I'm worried about Granky this season, but I'm not worried
2: about Granky in this game. He's in San Diego against an absolutely putrid offense that has made the Phillies pitching staff look like the Braves of the late 80s, early 90s right now. So I have no problem rolling Granky out here because San Diego's offense is that bad this year. I mean, literally to start the season, if you would have started a pitcher against San Diego's offense every game, you probably would have cashed in your fifty-fifties and double ups every day because they've been that bad. They've been making bad pitchers look good. And Granky, for all his struggles earlier this year, is not a bad pitcher. So I think, if anything, I would look, um, you know, look to take Granky against San Diego. James Shields, I definitely think is somebody you can attack. I am not a big fan of this guy. He does have decent strikeout numbers, but I think this Arizona offense can put some numbers up against them. I like Goldsmith. Doesn't matter if it's righty on righty or lefty on righty. This guy smashes against everybody. Uh, I like Peralta in this matchup, a left-handed bat there. You know, I'd even take a look at guys like Wellington Castillo and uh, you know uh, Socrates Brito. You know, um, Gene Seguera. I think all these guys could be in there. I'm not a fan of Shields. I think they can get some runs off of him. And that's probably the way I'd go. So I like Granky and I like the Arizona Bats. I'm not touching anything on the Padres.
1: Yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it, especially if you can get Granky at any sort of a discount based off the two starts. Who knows how those algorithms really work that out. But considering you got Kershaw and Bumgarner and Keichel and Richards and Sales, and Richards obviously slightly below that group. But the point is there's a a lot of high-end starters on the board today. So, you know, if you can get Granky maybe, towards the bottom of that group against the Padres yeah I'm with you I think that could be a really nice play uh and that'll do it a uh, full slate a lot of action here I hope we we helped you out here go out make some plays this has been the Friday rotowire DFS podcast for your MLB slate for April 15th uh, we will be back again tomorrow Benny and I will be back next week next Wednesday as usual excuse me next thursday as usual and friday as well so uh get your weekend started right go out and win some money and uh, for benny ricciardi i'm james seltzer and we'll talk to you tomorrow when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year 100,000 mile limited warranty you stop thinking
0: about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible visit your local kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner